it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Last week, we started a series titled, uh, Who God Says You Are. We really started, says God Said What? And we jumped into week two, and it was who God says you are. And today we're in week two of who God says you are, because based on some conversations we had with our leaders this week, uh, we realized there were some really great conversations that happened last week, and we need to, we need to jump a little bit deeper in this. And so the, uh, the scripture that we're jumping into is John 1, 1 through 14. Um, and the cornerstone scripture that we're using is John 1, 12. John 1, 12 says this. If you're taking notes, you have your Bibles out, you can highlight this says, to all who believe in Him, or sorry, to all who believe Him and accept Him, He gives the right to become children of God, to become sons and daughters. And it says, if you just believe and accept, you have the right. And our hang-up with this is we tend to believe what we know in our head, and we accept it with stipulations that we've created because we would think that God could never love us or accept us, or He, he doesn't know what you've done. And, and the reality is He knows so much more than that. And so we accept it because we believe God loves us. And so then because we believe that God loves us or somebody told us that God loves us, we say, well, we love God too. Well, we, I love God too. But the stipulations that we accept it with are because we lack trust. And everybody can say that they love God, but not very many people in the world can say that they trust God. And trust is what you need. And so it's all easy to say, yeah, I love God. But when it comes down to it, it's either control personal control of your life, or you're trusting God with your life. And when the bullets start flying, we tend to clench our fist and hunker down and take control. And so remember, God is, is, is in the invisible. God is what you can't see. And so then we tend to like the things that we can see because those are the things that we can control. And because the invisible is something that we can't prove, we tend to latch onto something that we try to prove and keep a hold of it. And so... Um, for some of us, believing John 1.12 is like signing up for community service. Have you ever signed up for community service? If you have, you know that it's fun. You look forward to it. Somebody says, hey, will you, you, will you come do this with me? Or, or you get the idea. You say, I want to go and serve. I served at, in Special Olympics in Oklahoma for a long time. And I used to love that day of the year when it came around. It was amazing. You know it was amazing? I chose it. I chose it. I got, to cho- I got to choose to be involved. I got to choose the event I was going to do. I got to choose all of it. And it was fun because I signed up and I chose it. For others of you, believing John 1.12 is like getting community service. That normally happens in the court from a judge. And something like this, the gavel falls. And you say, and he says, and then there you are, 80 hours of community service. And I just want to let you know, I'm guilty of that too. I've done a lot of community service because I was a terrible driver. And so when you get that community service, what you feel like is, golly, man, I got to go do this again. Every Thursday for the next six months, I'm going to be serving at the public library. Or every Saturday, I'm going to be washing police cars down at the municipal building. And that's not fun community service. And a lot of us receive or accept John 1.12 like that. We just got to get it out of the way. And it's not that either are right or wrong. 
because it really doesn't it really doesn't matter how you view it. They both end up feeling like work over time. So even the event that you sign up for that you love, once you have to do it over and over and over, it starts to wear on you a little bit. It becomes like work and they both feel like, man, I have to, I just, I'm just ready to get this over with. I'm ready to get this out of the way. And I want to tell you that that's not the reason that God sent his son to the face of the earth. That's not why Jesus went to the cross, right? He didn't go to the cross so you could get this out of the way. Sunday mornings um, aren't meant for us to come in and go, oh man, I just, I've got to do this because if I don't, you know, I'll be out of the will of God for my life. And, and really, I don't think that God's will for your life is to sit down in front of a computer screen for an hour. I think God's will for your life is to live out what John 1, 12 means. And so then God doesn't want you to feel like that about anything that has to do with his church, his most prized possession, the bride of Christ. And so then that's not what it was intended for the church and the gathering and the message is intended to spark you, to be a celebration and to see more people come into relationship with Jesus. And so last week, you have to forgive me, my voice is a little bit hoarse. Um, I shared part of my story last week to help with understanding this and understanding who God says you are. And I challenge you to look at these 10 scriptures. And as those 10 scriptures slide up on the screen right now, what I want you to see is this. Um, I believe that if you'll just look at these for two seconds, that they will speak to your heart and they're going to speak to who you are. And as you see these 10 scriptures, what I want you to know is on social media this week, we shared these and we gave explanation and confirmation of what they say. We linked them together. And so right now there's another plug for a follow from you on social media. And so if you're not getting those, you need to. On Mondays, we follow up, we recap. And throughout the week, we give you stuff from the message to remind you of what God has said and who God is. And then after that, we shared a PDF with over a hundred more scriptures um, that, that say who God says you are and how God is pleased with you. And if you want that PDF, you didn't get it last week, hit the hello form that's in the comment section and say, add me to the list. Click the add me box and I'll send that to you this week. What I want you to know, that's not a Google search. Those are things that I looked up, that I researched in my journey that started back in, uh, 2009. If you missed my story last, last week, um, I essentially was a good churchgoer for the for the greater greater part of my Christian believing life. And in 2009 something changed that opened my eyes to see a different God, a newer God, and I started actually living out what it meant to get in the Bible and see what God says about me. And so then um if that if that is you that's your action step today. And so with these scriptures that you've seen, the 10 scriptures, I'm going to ask you to pick two of those today. And they're going to be different for everybody. And so then just hang with me. Here's the reality. The reality of those scriptures is this. You have to wrestle with them just like I did. And if those aren't your scriptures, you need the scriptures from the PDF. But we have to get to a place where we can walk in who God says we are. You have to wrestle them out. You have to dig and learn. You have to understand them. You have to learn what they mean to you. You have to receive them or accept them. You have to believe them for yourself. You have to live in them. And then you have the opportunity to lead them in your life so others can see Jesus in you. I can't do that for you. I can only lead you to this spot. I can only lead you to right here and say, hey, here, here's the food. And I was just like you. 
I needed the food, right? And so this is the living word. It's why we call it that. And this is who God says you are. And so here's why the truth, the truth is being a son or a daughter of the king, being royalty, you're royalty today, even if you don't feel like it, even if you live in a place that you don't like, you're royalty. And the fact that you have breath in your lungs and eyes to hear or eyes to see and ears to hear means there's a purpose for you. And so the reality is being a son or daughter is not wrapped up in something that you do. It's not anything you do. The Bible says that God will bless the work of our hands, but it's not because of your hands and it's not because of the work you do. It's because of who you're connected to. It has nothing to do with what you do. In John 15, the Bible tells us very clearly, apart from God, we'll do nothing. So then what you do should be and is rooted in who you are. And when what you do is rooted in who you are, you bear fruit. You bear fruit. That's John 15. Why? Because you're connected to the source. And when you're connected to the source, you bear fruit. Then the work of your hands that God is blessing is actually on purpose, not from or for an agenda. It's not a to-do, right? We closed last week by talking about being human beings. I'm a human being. You're a human being. Together, we are the human race. We're all made and created in the image of God. And we're not human doings. God didn't call us human doings. Human beings, meaning your doing does not define your being. It's a pretty big point. I didn't highlight it, but if you're taking notes, you should write that down. Your doing does not define your being. If you want to go deeper on this, the story of Mary and Martha is incredible in the book of Luke. It is your being, second half of this, it's your being that fuels your doing. Was, you, know, you said a lot there. What am I saying? What I'm saying is who you are fuels what you do. And today, you're a son or a daughter. You're a son or a daughter. Who the son sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. So as we dig today and we discover who God says you are, we must understand that we all read Scripture differently, and it's all based on how we define the words that we read, the things that pop off the screen at us. They're either positive or negative, and they're in us for a number of reasons. Who taught them to us? What was taught to us? How we were raised? How we felt about it the first time we heard it or saw it versus how we feel about it now? And in all reality, how many times has this come up? Because a lot of you listening could say, I've heard, I've heard a message on this before. I've seen this before. I knew this. I know this. And you have it filed away up there. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like when I'm doing uh, leadership development, I, I coach on the side. And when I'm helping people move forward in their life, I, I have to say, listen, the more I tell you, the farther away from the truth you get. The more I tell you, the farther away from believing this you get. Because the more I say to you, the greater head knowledge you have. And if you're going to have a heart knowledge and a belief in your heart about this, you're going to have to go to the Bible. You're going to have to go to the Bible. I don't bridge the gap for you to get to heaven. I don't bridge the gap for you to have relationship. I'm only the guy who gets to stand in the gap and represent Jesus and show you from the Bible where it's found. And so then, in all of this, you become a better follower when you have more reps, right? And so then I've got to get God's word in my heart and I got to believe it. And it's got to be repeated.
Because why? Because regardless of what you think or what you were taught or who taught it or when you heard it or how many times you've heard it, Scripture is Scripture. Truth is truth. And it brings the same freedom to the human race. It's unchangeable. It's unchangeable and it's universal. It works for everybody, regardless if you're a high school student watching today or somebody in a nursing home. The truth is the truth and God's truth will set you free. And the truth today is that you are a son or you're a daughter, that you're a child of God. That said, I feel today led to do something a little bit differently. Me and Heather have talked this over for the past few weeks. Wasn't the plan today. Uh, the plan today was to jump deeper into my story. I'm going to share some of that with you, but I can guarantee you there will be a week three of who God says you are because God did something different with this. And so, and here's why we're doing this today, because I believe everything, everything that we are hinges on who we are. Everything we are hinges on who we are. Our identity is what the gospel is all about. If I overlook this, this is what God revealed to me this week. If I overlook this topic and I teach you how to overcome COVID or overcome a loss or overcome not having a job, if I teach you how to become a better this or that, but it's not rooted in who God says you are, I'm not doing my part. And, and the Bible says I'm going to be held accountable for what I do with this position that I sit in, right? If I don't help you see who God says you are, the likelihood of you moving forward in your faith and building your relationship with God isn't very good because I just give you more head knowledge about, oh, well, Dusty said, this is how I do this. And you can adopt a how all day long. Man, you can adopt a how all day long. But when you adopt that how and it's not rooted in a why, that how will be empty. You can adopt what to do all day long. But if you don't know why you're doing it or who it's attached to, it will fail. It will be empty. Side note. So then, with that said, your relationship with God is number one. It's Matthew 22, 37, 39, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because of this, John 1, 12, we must receive believe and trust this first. Whoever, whoever believes and trusts will be saved, receives, believes, and trusts will be saved, will have a birthright, will be adopted, will be a son or daughter. So then learning, living, and leading the gospel begins with who you are as a son or a daughter. Who you are fuels what you do. The root of your action is a who it begins with you and your relationship with God. The Bible says faith without works is dead. That is 100% true. I will never, ever argue that because it is a fact. You find it. But what you also need to know is works without faith are dead too. Works without faith are dead too. And sometimes that's where we find ourselves because it starts with who you are. God says he looks at your heart not your hands. That's it. And so then we're going to reflect today on who God says you are. We open this morning with the worship song that's titled, Who You Say I Am. It's a hill song, song that came out in 2018. And as we sang it, many of you have heard it before, you know the words. You know the words. 
And what I want to do is I want to read those words together. We're not going to read all of them because it repeats itself, but we're going to read the first portion of it together. And then we're going to dive into each verse, and I'm going to show you from the Bible. And all these verses don't match my verses that I'm sharing with you, but I'm going to show you from the Bible what this song really says about you. It says, Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free. Oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Free at last, he has ransomed me. His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. Who the Son sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. And then the song goes on to repeat these last couple of verses over and over and over. And what I want to start with is the first line. You look at the first line. This is the question that we asked last week that many of us had a hard time answering. Who am I? If you remember the story of the centurion when he was telling Jesus about his servant that was uh, lying paralyzed on the floor, he said, you've got to heal my servant. And Jesus said, where? And he says, whoa, I'm not worthy for you to come in my house. And Jesus said, I haven't seen any greater faith than this right here. This dude right here, he's got it. Okay, same thing. I'm not worthy. Who am I? Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? Who am I? No clue who I am, what I've done, where I've been, who I've been, right? And that's the question. That's the question. You look at this, you find it in Exodus. And if you're taking notes, you can just jot these down. I'm not going to go super deep, but I am going to give you some great content that you can dig in this week and find about who God says you are. And so then in Exodus 3, 11 and 12, Moses, is, he is, he is the, one of the greatest leaders of all time right? Not just in the Bible. But what you need to be reminded of this morning is Moses had plenty of shortcomings, plenty of failures, okay? He had plenty of sin. But Moses also stuttered and um, was not a great speaker and was likely introverted, kept to himself, okay? And Moses says to God in Exodus 3.11, he says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? This is after God said, hey, I need you to go. And he says, who am I? Who am I that you would that you would call me to do that? There's and essentially they go back and forth. And in verse 12, he says, I'll be with you. Today God is with you. Today God is with you. And if you can't answer the question, who am I? What you need to understand is God is with you. God is with you. So who are you? This is tough because it's uncomfortable. We'd rather do something else, we'd rather talk about something else, anything else. But this question, please, please. And the follow-up to this is, have you created an identity that's not you? Have you found fulfillment in a what instead of who? I'm guilty. So have I. There was a season and a time where I chased stuff, things, doing. Are you trying to keep up with something Instead of someone, it's the biggest point you need to wrestle out today. 
if you want homework, this, this whole, this, this whole service is homework. I'm not trying to give you a lot to do, but man, I really want your wheels turning on this. And I want you committing this to prayer. When I wrestled this out, it was really hard. It was really hard because I had to figure out who I was because I couldn't answer the question. I couldn't answer the question. And so then what that led me to do was I had to go to the people that, that I believe knew me the most. And when I went in, you can do this however you want to. And so then, hey, man, I'm doing some uh, reflection. And uh, just real quick, uh, when you tell somebody about me, how do, you, how do you tell them about me? What do you say? How do you describe me? If you were introducing me to somebody, what would you say? I'm, I'm taking notes, by the way. I'm writing this down. And it's difficult, right? It's difficult. It's kind of embarrassing. You know, the people who I'm asking don't know what I'm doing or why I'm doing it for. But that was it. And I got a really, I got a really broad range of answers. But the two biggest ones that stood out were, you get it done. I tell them, if you ever need anything, Dusty can get it done. That's what he does. He gets it done. And I was loud. I was loud. And so then um, here's what God revealed to me in that. We're still talking about the first line of this song. Here's what God revealed to me. We live disconnected because we get wrapped up in doing, especially ministry. In ministry, your year lasts 52 days because you just run from Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. And you turn around at Christmas and you think, oh my gosh, the year's over. It feels like it was just yesterday. It was. It was 51 yesterdays ago because the weeks go so fast. And what's happened is that pace of life has made it into the church. And so then it's made it everywhere else. We've all been running. We're trying to keep up with the pace of our cell phones. We can't run that fast. Our spiritual life cannot keep up with us. Right? And if we're not doing at that pace, we're thinking at that pace. Even in your quiet time, maybe in bed, your mind's just racing on what's next. What's next? One of the greatest things I realized in my journey was, you know what kills right now? Do you know what kills this moment? What's next? What's next always ruins what's now. Will forever. Because when I'm not 100% engaged in where I am right now, and I'm focused on what I'm doing next, I can't even be present. I can't even enjoy what's happening right now because I got, I've got all those other things to do. Can we just get this over with? Doing, so still some revelation that God has brought to me. Doing keeps us from connecting to who we are. Doing keeps us from connecting to who we are. Why? We're busy. Busy, such a great word. Busy does not mean productive, by the way. You can be busy doing the wrong things, right? Doing keeps you from connecting to who you are. Doing leads us to try to control everything. Why? Because it's physical. We can see it. We can sense it. And so then we can control it. And when we do this, we pull our heart out of everything. The reality is, is God lives there. That's where God is. That's what God wants. God wants your heart. And so when we push to do and control, we disconnect our heart from everything that we're doing. And when we disconnect our heart, we disconnect God. And that's what I did. That's what I did. 
I was running at a pace and I was asking God to keep up with me. And just, come on, God. You know I love doing this. And he said, I didn't, I didn't create you for that. I didn't create you for that. But I couldn't see that. I couldn't see it. And so then part of the reason we do this, that we do and do and do, and we have, have to have control, is we don't want to feel. We just don't want to feel. And so then to get around those feelings, I just keep doing and I just keep thinking. And because I can think, I, that scratches my itch for feeling. But when we disconnect, we try to control and we disconnect our heart, we don't feel anymore. And because of that, we're not willing to be open. Heaven forbid you see a chink in my armor. You see a weak link in my chain. You see a crack in my vase, right? Heaven forbid you think that I might be weak and I might be soft. That I might be the V word, vulnerable, right? However you define that word, it's probably not how you take it, okay? And when you do like that, it takes your heart out of it. And that's where God is. Control doesn't take much heart. It takes strength. I just have to hold on tighter. I have to push harder. I have to go a little farther. Control doesn't take much heart. It takes strength. So when we get busy doing, this is a big point. So when we get busy doing, we can't invest 100% of ourselves. Because we either lack the time, we lack the trust, we lack the control, or we're afraid of being a disappointment, getting disappointed, or failing. And that's it. When we get so busy doing, it leads us not to invest 100% of ourselves because that would take our heart. We can invest everything else. And the reason we can't invest 100% because one, it would take our heart but we don't have the time, we don't have the trust, or the control, and we're, we're fearful of either failure or disappointment. Living like this leads us to, to say this, I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe in God. Yeah, I believe in God. Do you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. But when the bullets start flying, we don't. We don't. And the reality is, is that little phrase right there, I believe in God, was never meant to have the word in, in it. You either believe God or you don't. I believe God. Yeah, I believe God. That's a big reason why we're here. Is this, where, is this what God said? Yep, I believe him. I believe in him means, yeah, whenever, whenever, whenever everything times up right, it's like um, buying your first house or having your first kid or buying your first car. Yeah, we're just going to, you know, work it out. And, and man, when we're, when the time's right, the time's never right. The time's never right. There's always going to be something else that comes up, right? And so then you either believe God or you don't believe God. And the reality is, is we'll say we believe in God all day long. We love God. We believe in God. But when you say you believe God, that's saying, I trust God. And as long as you're in control, and listen, I can tell you this because this is me. I'm telling you my story. It's a long time ago, but it's still me. But when you get in trouble and there's crisis or a situation or a circumstance that you can't overcome yourself, the first thing 
the first thing that we all do is go, God, where are you? Where are you? I thought, I thought that you were with me always. I thought that you would never leave me or forsake me. I thought, I thought, I thought. And we start telling God about all these things that he was going to do for us. And all the things that are listed on that list are things and they're do's. They're not who's. And God says, this is who you are. He doesn't say, this is what I want to do for you. He says, I want you to walk in this because when you walk in who I've called you to walk in, you walk in the fullness, in the fullness, and that's abundance and overflow, right? Look at me, get a little fired up. And so then that's the difference in saying, I believe God and I believe in God. It's believing in who God says he is and believing who God says you are. If you've been living like this, what I just said, okay, first of all, guilty to, okay? If you've been living like this, the reality is the first line of this song, who am I that the highest king would welcome me? The reality is the highest king doesn't have the highest place in your life. You do. That's the reality. And so if you can't answer the question, who am I? Where did I root my identity in? All the questions that we've asked, it's because God is in the wrong seat or you're in the wrong seat, right? Hang with me. Hang with me. Which makes it, if the highest king doesn't have the highest seat, that means you're sitting in his chair. That means you're sitting in his chair and he's become <laughs> your supporter. Where are you? Well, he's with you always. This is what he said. Was what the Bible says. The Bible says that you are one with God, that you're together. So then you believe it, right? That's tough. We have to get ourselves out of second, or we have to get God out of second and into headship over the leadership of our life. There's one common thread before we go into the other um, verses here. There's one common thread between being who you are and doing what you do. We've talked about it. You should be able to identify it. It's your heart. There's one common thing that connects what you do and who you are. It's your heart. God looks at your heart. God wants your heart, right? To look upon God and say, who am I? Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? Means that you've experienced transformation in your heart. Big point. Heart transformation happens with an investment in your relationship. That's it. You see the deal? There's a little S quotations after. Heart transformation happens with an investment in your relationship with God. And then heart transformation happens in your relationship with others. I can show you at least three, if not four, that have happened for me with my relationship with God in my marriage and with my kids. Heart transformation happens with an investment in that relationship. Just like an investment at the bank. You cannot go to the bank and pull money out that you did not put in. You can't. You can't show up to um, the playoffs or state championship game expecting to win a trophy that you didn't train for. Win a prize that you didn't run to get. Right? What am I saying? You can have all the head knowledge in the world. And you can have all the desires in your heart, but if they are disconnected, if the link is broken, you're broken. They've got to be connected. 
what you know in your head and who you have in your heart, the desires you have in your heart have got to be connected. This is what it means to learn of and who God the Father, Jesus the Son, and God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit are in your life to you. This is what it means to live for them through spiritual discipleship, disciplines. Disciplines, one of those words that has made it through time. It means the same thing as always, consistency. Just be diligent and be consistent. Then you get to lead for others what God's done for you. How do we connect them? How do we connect, Dusty? How do we connect everything we know in our head and all the desire we have in our heart? We receive and believe and trust John 1, 12. It says if we do this, you will be. You will be. And then guess what? It's a process. You get to start moving forward. Don't receive with stipulations. Receive, period. Don't believe in God. Believe, period. Do not trust you. You will even let you down. Proverbs says it. (laughs) Man will fail, okay? Do not trust you. Do not lean on your own understanding, but trust in Him. Trust Him, period. This makes being easier, but it's a process. And when you actually realize who God says you are, you get to start walking. And what happens is your hands are open and there's freedom. There's freedom in it. So when we ask, first line of the song, so then when I open up in worship and I say, who am I that the highest king would welcome me? Who am I? What happens is, is we know who we are. And it's a reminder. Yeah, I'm a child of God. Who I am. I'm a man. I'm 40, right? You've heard that all before. That's it. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. That's it. That's what it means. That's what all of that was for. Okay, next verse. I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. We're going to start going a little bit quicker now. These are scriptures backing up the song that we sang together earlier. I was lost, but he brought me in. This is the story of the prodigal son. You find it in Luke 15. There's two brothers. One brother said, hey, I need my inheritance. Deuces. Hits the road, goes out, spends it all on everything that you can think of. Is broke, is beaten, is bruised. And he, he crawls back home. The father has been waiting up every night, hoping, praying, looking, seeking after his son. The son comes back. And he says, thank God my son's back. He puts a ring on his finger. He puts a robe around him and they have dinner. He says, welcome home. This is what the song means. It says, I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Third line, who the son sets free. Oh, is free indeed. This is John 8, 36. If the son sets you free, you are free. It's John 8, 36. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. It's John 1, 12. To all who believe and receive, he gives the right and the authority to be. Free at last, he has ransomed me. 1 Timothy 2, 6. He gave himself as a ransom for all people. He paid your debt and restored your relationship with God. 
my favorite. His grace runs deep. His grace runs deep. Romans 5.20 says his grace is greater than your sin. Take all your sin. God's grace is just a little bit bigger than that. And it always will be. And it always will be. While I was a slave to sin, this is Romans 6.20. While I was a slave to sin, Romans 6.20. Romans 6.20 says you had no obligation to do the right thing. You were a slave to sin. Zero obligation to do right. Next line says Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. Romans 5.8 is where this line is taken from. It says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Because his grace runs deep. Why? Because you were enslaved to sin. End of the course. Who the Son sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. It's John 8.36. It's John 1.12. Next line, in my father's house, there's a place for me, me. Everybody, if we were together, I'd say, say me right now, me. John 14, two, he's prepared a place for you. What does that mean? That means no, how, no matter how big you think the table is in heaven, it always has a seat for you. There's always a chair with a little placard in front of it that says your name. It's a place at the table for you. It's John 14, two. The Good News translation of John 14, 2 says, There are many rooms in my Father's house, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. I would not tell you this if it were not so. Trust. Trust it. Trust it. Then we go back to, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Again, it's John 1, 12. We say it again, this time with more um, confidence, with more passion, with more boldness, with more belief. We say it again. I am chosen. It's Ephesians 1.4. Before the world, he loved you, chose you, called you, and he saw you blameless. How? Jesus. He knew you before the world. Not forsaken. Hebrews 13.5. I will never leave you or forsake you. I am. I love this line. I am who you say I am. What scripture is that, Dusty? All of these. The whole song. Maybe we sing seven or eight scriptures. Receive, believe, trust, be thankful. You are for me, not against me. It's Romans 8.31. If God is for you, no one, no one can be against you. I am who you say I am. All of this. I am chosen, not forsaken. Ephesians 1.4 Hebrews 13, 5, I am who you say I am, all of this. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. Passion, conviction, belief, right? This is who I am, who the sun sets free. I need a reminder, Lord, who the sun sets free. Oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my father's house, there's a place for me. He wouldn't tell you if it wasn't there, right? I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Why do we repeat this? Why do most worship songs repeat 
or go over and over. Why? Getting you to believe. We're planting the word of God in your heart. You've got to get it into your heart. So it's a belief, not something in your head that you know. Because with every rep, you get greater strength. For a long muscle is a strong muscle. The more reps, the more range of motion, the more reps, right? The stronger you get. When you don't believe this, it's because you're busy doing. I was late to worship again. Well, you know, we're going to be late to church. And so if we're going to be late, you know, might as well miss worship. Right? <laughs> Listen, I've been in that boat too. Okay? And so then, when you don't believe this, it's because you're busy doing. You're busy doing. You stop because you think. I know I should do this. You go to church because you know you should go, right? Not because you believe it's the best thing for you. You stop to worship. When we stop to worship, it's because we believe. It's because we trust. I am who you say I am. It's a process. My process was very similar to every worship song we ever sang. It's repetition. It doesn't bother me to let you know that, that the PDF that I shared with you is something I worked on for a long time. And, um, and I said those scriptures for more than two years every single day because I had to talk myself into it. Okay? That's what I would tell you. I would tell myself in my chair, these have got to be in my heart. I've got to get them out of my head. I know too much. I don't believe enough. I need to believe more. How do I believe more? I got to get God's word in my heart. I've got to get God's word in my heart. What's that mean? When I plant the word in my heart, I believe it. Wait a second. I receive it for myself, not for anybody else. I believe it for myself, not for anybody else. It doesn't just sound good. This changes my life. And when you believe it for yourself, then you trust it. You trust it for yourself, not because, well, a pastor said this today and it was awfully good. That pastor, I tell you what, he's something else. Now, this is what God said. This is what God said. And what God says, you can believe. Here's why you put it in your heart. Self-talk helps you become. Self-talk helps you become. There's only really one self-talk. It's not the Matt Foley. I'm a good person. Things are going to happen for me today. If you do that, that's great. But that's secondary to putting the word of God in your heart. The self-talk that we speak is the truth. You find it in the Bible. It's not a self-help book. I posted a picture this week of the Bible and just put self-help book. Self-help book. Those other books are secondary to this book. Well, I need to figure out how to win at this. Do this. Be this. What is this? The Bible. It's all in there. It might be dusty. <sighs> Blow it off. You might be bored with it. Open it up. Just open it up. Receive it. Believe it. And trust it. Why? Because self-thought, self-thought, self, other self-help books, self-thought leads you to do things, right? Leads me to find the self-help book, to buy the thing, to do more, to just keep pushing. But self-talk helps me become. Self-talk helps me become. What am I saying? Doing equals trusting in yourself, which means it's high control. 
It takes weak faith and the results are hard to come by because it's rooted in doing. You have to fight, scratch, and claw for every inch. And I'm not saying that it's like that on the other side. Okay? What I'm saying this is when you believe, when you believe, you trust in God. You have a willing obedience, which makes and allows you to build greater faith and gives you abundant results. It happens because of who you are. It's rooted in your being and who you are to be and who God's called you to be. So let's wrap this thing up. How do you improve your believing and limit your doing? Remember Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not below, not on the things of the earth, but on the things of heaven. Set your mind on the things that God says about you, who God says you are. And don't just set your mind on them and think about them. I want you to speak them because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Your mouth has the power of life. Speak, think on it, speak it, and believe it. That's how it gets into your heart, right? And because you believe it, you'll be able to live it in your life and lead it with your feet wherever you go. It's a process. It's a process. You're not going to say it once and it's going to be there. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. You need quality time, period, with your heavenly father. Here's a point. Quality time happens because of quantity of time, right? A quality you happens because of quality time with him, right? A quality you happens because of quantity of him it's constant connection to the source. It's that John 15 that I, rep- uh, that I referenced in the beginning. Today, we're going to close by singing a different version of the same song that we opened with. And we're going to worship, and our, our intention is to focus on God and who He is and who He says we are, like the song title says, because it's who He is that allows us to be who we are. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.